Folks, welcome to this episode of the Fabricators Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Young, and I'm really happy to have Stephen Alberts with us today. Uh, Stephen is the owner of the Countertop Marketing Company. Um, and Stephen, can you just, first off, welcome. Glad to have you here. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Great. Always glad to, to talk with you. We uh, we have a lot of good conversations and always enjoy them. Um, this one we're going to put on a podcast and let folks uh, let folks hear what we got to say here. Um, an idea, of course, is to to give the listeners something that's of value for them. But before we get into that, um, can you kind of, in case folks don't know who you are, kind of tell them who you are and and what you and your team do? Yeah, hundred percent. So I own the Countertop Marketing Company. We work with fabricators and countertop shops all over the U.S., a couple in Canada, and. We started about, um, I'd say, December or like fall 2019. We used to work with kitchen and bathroom modelers doing similar things, helping them with their website, Google ads, all that stuff. And we found that with the kitchen and bathroom modelers, they their schedule would fill up. They, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't, there was not that they're getting too many leads, but like their schedule fill up for six months and then they were, they were just booked up. They couldn't do anything else. So we had a couple of shops at that time. Um, I have a little bit of experience in the past with my father. He was a kitchen and bathroom modeler, did four mica back in the day, laminate countertops, not stone. So again, knew a little bit, um, but we started working with a couple of shops, like I said, 2019, then 2020 hit. So of course, COVID, the the rush of jobs came in, so it just changed the industry a little bit. But we did start to get more clients. And then, you know, now we work with 55 plus shops. We, again, help them with as, as little as just getting a good solid website up, CRM system to full-blown helping them with SEO, Google rankings, um, tracking, all of that. So really anything that they do online, helping them get more retail countertop jobs is really our focus. And that's about it. We've been doing it and been pretty successful with it. Yeah, I see your your post on Facebook a lot. Uh, you've, you've presented at, you know, Tice coverings and uh, you're active with uh, Rockheads, very active with ESFA. So you, you've got a lot of exposure out there. Um, sounds like a lot of the things that you're doing are really the, the essential things that a business this day and age kind of has to have. If you don't yep. have a website, if you don't have, you don't have to be an expert on SEO, but if you're not even aware of what that looks like, uh, if you're not doing something in social media, if you're not using a CRM, I mean, those are, if you're not doing those kind of things, then it's, you got to kind of wonder, all right, what is, what's the, what's the focus of your business, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you want to have a growing, thriving business this in this day and time, those are pretty much essentials. Yeah. Yeah. You you need. It's interesting. We had uh, a shop. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, it was a couple of months ago. They came to us eight million a year. Didn't even have a website. So it's like that. I've never heard of that one before. <laughs> like we do hear of people not having a website, but eight million a year is pretty impressive. And not to have a website is crazy to me. So we see that often, especially in this industry. Again, we don't work with any other industries now. It's just countertop shops. Some do flooring, some do cabinets. Uh, but, you know, in the past, when I owned more of a general marketing agency, worked with like dentists, plumbers, other, other businesses, they had a website and this was like 10 years ago. So 
to come across. I just talked to someone yesterday. He doesn't have a website either. He's smaller, but like you need that foundation. It's like basically having a business card now. It's actually probably more important than a business card because now business cards are somewhat not absolute obsolete, but you know, it's, you need a website. Like you, you just need one. So uh, yeah, it's again, you need, you need that solid foundation if you want to grow. And even if you don't want to grow, just so when someone looks you up online, like the company we talked to yesterday, uh, they had 50, 60 Google reviews, which is pretty good and very good actually all legitimate good 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 quality reviews no website so what happens is they're probably showing up when people are typing in granite countertops quartz countertops just that google maps profile the prop which which is great you know they're getting some exposure they're like the you know people are reading the reviews they're probably get, getting some projects from that the problem is someone sees that and then they see that they don't have a website and there's a disconnect there where it's like, well, is this like, what's going on? They don't even have a website. So it's, it's, again, it's, you need something just so when people are looking online, they, they can just see you and, you know, and they, they could kind of connect everything. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that's needed, but something that's also lacking in the industry for just a lot of shops that I talk to. Look, to me, a, to me, a website's really a sign of credibility. Uh, I, I know when I go looking for something, uh, you know, a product that I'm not as familiar with or in an, in an area that I'm not familiar with, don't kind of know the players, you know, do the same kind of Google search and, and I may see some reviews. They may show up on Google Maps or something. But if there's no website, um, it's like, all right, are these people real? Are they really in business? Yep. Where are they located? Um, I may see a few reviews. Are they genuine reviews? Yeah, you know it's that it's that whole thing of credibility, and I know uh, we just did a kitchen remodel, um, wrapped it up uh, a little over a year ago, and and fortunately I had a guy who was driving most of it. He was contractor driving it for me, but and so he already had subs he could call for you know power and, and that sort of stuff. Um, but in in other you know times in the past when I've done this kind of work, been my own contractor, you know, flipping a house or something trying to get folks to call you back. And if you're calling somebody, leaving a message, they don't call you back. You can't find a website for them. It's kind of like, all right, are these folks even serious about being in business? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's a real, real credibility issue if they don't have something like that. Yeah, that that's exactly that. Yeah. That, I mean, that's when we run Facebook ads for shops, you know, we they're on Facebook and Instagram. They run the ads run on both platforms. And people, they're skeptical. They see something, it's, you know, a, a certain uh, countertop package or whatnot, and they're just scrolling on Facebook. So we're, we're they're not going into Google looking for granite countertops. So it's a, a separate type of advertisement. They're just hanging out. It's like driving down the street and seeing a billboard, same thing. So sometimes people will like comment on the post or just we've had this feedback from from clients and customers that they've worked with where they were kind of skeptic they're like we don't know if this is really legit so the first thing they do they go to google type the business name in look it up if you don't have a website that's like a first for myself if if we recently bought a house my wife and i um if i'm gonna work with someone if they don't have a website i'm probably not going to work with them just because Again, it, you know, I don't know that much about them from 
not having to look at their website, some pictures that they've done, just the about page, all that stuff. So yeah, you need that. I mean, every shop needs it, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, you definitely need it today. Yeah, no, no question about it. You know, I'm kind of wondering, you know, you and I both talked to a lot of shops and I know the shops I talk to, I'm hearing more and more that sales are getting slow. You know, the economy is having an impact. Other things are going on in certain geographic areas and certain market segments. Um, I would imagine that you're probably getting more calls these days because people don't call you when sales are good. They call you when they need more sales or, or they need help with the things we're talking about. Are you are you seeing that kind of pattern of of softer sales and and um, people kind of struggling to close deals these days or, or even struggling to get good leads? Yeah, so definitely we we saw it slow down. So it was busy during COVID, busy for years. I think 2021 was probably one of the best years, uh, but then it slowed down 2023 summer. And then it's really been up and down ever since. And uh, it's tough. Like, you know, there's, you could do all the marketing in the world, but at some point, like if it's slow, it's slow. There's, it's the economy, you know, there's a million different factors. So we definitely see a slowdown. It's 2024 now. So we are seeing it pick up a little bit. So that's good. In some markets, it's interesting. Some markets are good. Some markets are bad. Again, South Southern markets like South Florida, Florida is busy when the people from the North migrate to the South. So again, there's, there's different patterns that just are always that way. But yeah, we definitely see a slowdown in terms of shops, talking to more shops. We, more shops are contacting us again, where just this year, a couple of people, again, same thing, didn't have a website. So I think their shops are realizing they got to do something. What we do see, which is like not a good combination for shops, is it's slow. We see the ad price for Google ads, Facebook ads going up. That means there's more competition. And just those two factors alone is not good for even shops that are marketing right now because competitors are spending money in marketing. I'm not really sure why. Maybe like you said, when it's good, they don't even think about it. When it's bad, they're like, we got to do something. So more shops are spending money. Problem with that is it drives up the ad cost. So again, it's with the slowdown, that's just not good factors, you know. But the good is, the good for some shops is and we can get into this, but um, what we see is a lot of shops don't properly follow up. So they can get leads, they can spend money on marketing, but if they're not following up and your competitor is following up, it's they're going to get the job. Like it's just, it's such a problem in the industry that, uh, you know, that even if your competitor is spending money, they could be spending triple the amount of money. If they're not properly following up, you could spend less and probably get just as many projects by properly following up with leads. All right. So the landscape out there in general, if I take what you said, kind of distill it down a little bit. Uh, if you're struggling, if your sales are starting to get soft as a, as a shop owner, um, then when you start, look, if you haven't done any type of, of ad, you know, social media or Google ads, you know, out there, the, the cost of those ads is going to be higher. 
And, and I think I'm kind of reading between the lines. It sounds like the number of responses you're getting are probably going to be a little bit lower too, right? So your, yeah. your cost per lead is going up. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's been so up and down, so it's hard. One week's good, the next week's not. So it's, but yes, just from like, you could simply go to Google Trends, type in countertops, countertops, quartz countertops, and you'll just see from last year, there's less people searching for countertops this year. Um, or month to month or however you're looking at it. So yeah, there's less demand um, in just homeowners wanting, you know, getting projects done. The other problem is it seems like they're taking a little bit longer to, like they don't need it today. They might need it in a couple of months, six months. Um, they might be doing more research, vetting companies more. So again, it's just a lot of different factors that are making it tough for shops where, yeah, Cost per lead might be a little bit higher. There's a little bit less. People are taking a little bit longer. So again, it's just not a good re recipe for growing revenue, but you have to do something. Like it, it's just the way it is. Again, like we have clients that come to us and, ah, oh, it's slow. Sometimes it's slow. Like sometimes there's just nothing that you can do. It, it's going to be slow. So you just need to have a couple strategies in place where, you know, you're doing some B2B, you're going after retail, um, a couple of things that can bring you leads just so you're not all in on just one source. Yeah, definitely. And I th I'm thinking through several things as you're talking, you know, a lot of folks historically in this industry, when the economy slows down, you know, new construction is slowing down along with it. And so remodels pick up. And I've seen a lot of folks on social media talk about, well, if the economy slows down, remodels will be great. We're going to be fine. I don't know about you, but all my friends did remodels when they were doing the lockdown. You know, that's when they're sitting there yeah. staring at this kitchen that they've been wanting to do something with for years. All right, now's the time to do it. And that's where I think a lot of that boom and work for this industry came from in the early days of COVID. And so I think... And just to Ed's opinion, you know, this and four bucks will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks, but um, a small one at that. Um, I, I think a lot of the remodel market has been kind of already filled and those opportunities are probably fewer. Um, and I think, too, uh, kind of the, the additional point is that when you get in this situation where there just are not as many people looking to do work, now all of a sudden you get everybody starting to lowball the market. They're starting to drive prices down. And so having a true competitive edge, having some kind of a unique value proposition, something that differentiates you from your competition, um, that I think that's really a big key to being successful with whatever advertising, whatever marketing you're doing out there. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, we get shops that ask us all the time just because we run ads. So we know what works, what doesn't. Um, but some things like, warranty, 25 year warranty, five to seven day or 10 day installation, uh, like little things like that will help. But a lot of shops are doing that. So it's, it's, that doesn't, I don't want to say that doesn't matter, but it's not as effective as it, as it was. It's honestly just like really getting yourself out there, showing some project pictures um, what differentiates you from the big box stores. So things like that um, will will help. Like, again, coming back to myself, I want to hire someone local 
to do my floor or whatever it is. I don't want to go to Home Depot. And then I know they work with subcontractors and all of that. But um, if I can find the local family owned company has good reviews, you mm -hmm. know, I could check out some of their work online. That's it. as long as they call me back and give me a good estimate, I I'm good to go. But like I said, to get back to that other problem is even with my own house, it's hard to get someone to call you back and get an estimate, which really blows my mind. I just don't understand that. So now we're getting into that realm of things that you things that you and I have talked about on several occasions, just in, in our own private conversations. And that's the fact that, okay, if, if the market is getting softer and leads are more expensive and it's tougher to get, you know, the quantity of leads maybe you're able to get a year, two years ago, now every lead becomes much more valuable. Yeah. It's, it's that's your your opportunities for making a sale are are fewer and they're more expensive. So everyone you get, you got to treat like gold. And I'm I'm kind of wondering, you know, you're de I, I deal with this a little bit with some of my clients. You get a lot deeper into it than I do. What are you seeing people doing to to really optimize how they deal with a lead? And what are you seeing things that people should be doing that they're not doing in this yeah. industry to, to make sure that those scarce, expensive leads are well taken care of? Yeah, I mean, you have to use a CRM system. So we have Stone Engage, uh, Pipedrive is good, HubSpot. I mean, there's a million CRMs out there. So use something, right? So a lead comes in, CRM system is you manage the lead in a pipeline. So it should be set up where a lead comes in, you manage it, some automated follow-ups go out, email, texting is huge. Texting's not in 2023, the US, uh, or maybe it's the providers, I don't know exactly what it was, but the laws were changed for texting where your company has to be registered with providers. You have to go through a process. So when we get a new client, we have to get a bunch of information about their business in order to submit them to the providers so then they can text. And it's all about just cutting down on spam text. The things with texting though, is people respond to it. Uh, myself, again, I probably really don't want to talk to anyone on the phone sometimes, but email, yeah, if you email me, I'll, I'll, of course I'll check it, but texting, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to respond to it the fastest. So the CRM system, whatever system that you're using, make sure a lead comes in, a text goes out, an email goes out. Because we actually see a lot of responses from texting from the leads that come in into our CRM. So, I mean, between that and having someone pick up the phone and call a lead that comes in, like, and I think you have some stats on that, but the quicker you get to that lead and call them, the better chance you'll have to actually reach someone and you know get get a response for them and and we see again we don't know exactly how fast the shops we work with are calling leads but the ones that do tell us if they can do it quicker there usually is more success so again having someone on the phone and do that but not even just once like you got to have a process in place to follow up with leads on the phone and use the CRM system. And those two things alone could really improve numbers all, all overall. If it's you're closing 10% of online leads, which isn't that great, and you can bump it up to 20%, then hey, there you go. There's extra revenue right there. Yeah, the research that I did, uh, I wrote an article for Slippery Rock, uh, or, let's see, October, I think, of last year. 
Uh, you can find it on the website, fabricatorscoach.com. It's called The Power of Sales Follow-Up. And the research I did for the article says that after, if you get a lead that comes in, if you make contact, you, you have a better chance of making contact in the first five minutes after it comes in. And if you follow up within the first five minutes, you're 10 to 20 times more likely to make contact. Yeah. So if you've got leads coming in and you just can't seem to get that person on the phone, you can't seem to get them to come into the showroom or whatever, time is critical. Uh, research says after five minutes, the odds of connecting with that person drop 80%. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and 30 to 50% of sales, and we're talking about retail sales. If you're dealing with contractors, KMBs, you already got a relationship with, that's a totally different deal. Yeah. But, you know, those those odds are much higher because you've got to build a relationship. These are cold, cold calls, retail walk-in type sales that um, somewhere near half of sales go to the vendor that responds first. And mobile devices drive 40% of all leads. Mm. So just the whole idea of follow up quickly and 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 have some way of doing it through a, a mobile, you know, text or email that's on a mobile that somebody's gonna is gonna have uh, a much higher impact. Yeah. If you're not, if you're getting leads and you're not responding immediately, is is kind of the takeaway, then you're wasting your money. Yeah. Yeah. Um if you start looking at the fact that okay, if if you look at at leads coming in, let's say you got a hundred leads coming in, and if you're waiting a couple of hours, half a day, day to follow up then your response rate is going to be really low. And yeah. then if your conversion rate of quotes to orders for retail is like 30, 40%, then that hundred leads may only generate one or two jobs for you. Mm -hmm. And think of the time and money you spent for those leads. And so I agree with you, a, a shop that doesn't have a CRM. And for those of you that don't know, a CRM is a, is a piece of software. In the old days, all a CRM did was, kind of, you know, a salesperson could track notes for their follow-ups and then the sales manager could look over their shoulder, see what they're doing, what's working, what isn't. These days, these programs can send texts for you. They can send emails for you. You can build email funnel campaigns. Uh, somebody fills out a form on your website, it can notify you that that just came in and send an automated text response, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it's, you know, the, the timing of follow-up doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, a warm body sitting by the telephone or sitting in the front of a computer. You can have your CRM do that for you. And and the pipeline that you talked about, to me, I, I think of a pipeline as process steps. You know, in in, in countertop fabrication, you can't fabricate the top till you got till you gotta tip it. You can't install it until you fabricate it. You know, you've got those process steps happening in order. The same thing's true in sales. You know, you get a lead. Well, you know, to you need to, to talk to the customer. You need to get, gather some information. Then you're going to generate a quote. You know, you've got these steps we all go through. And so the sooner we start that process, the better our odds of having success. And so timing is one factor. But then the other factor is the frequency of follow-up. Um, the research I did said that for like retail cold call sales, only 2% of sales are made during first contact, 80% mm -hmm. of sales require at least five follow-ups. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is that like half of salespeople give up after just one follow-up attempt. Yeah. 
But if you start thinking about, you know, think about all the salespeople that you run across in all industries. You know, you've got these, there's always these sales superstars, and it's that really small percentage of all salespeople. We think of them as rainmakers. They can make it rain where they want to. Yeah. The stats say that um, something like only 8% of salespeople will follow up more than two or three times. Yeah, that's insane. Those are your rainmakers. They're just running the numbers and doing the work. Yeah. And what's cool is with CRMs, you can have them do a lot of this follow-up for you. Yep. So it's automatic. It's quick. You set up the frequency of that. You set the process up. You may want to mix up text, email, phone call, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, the, the, the timeliness of follow-up and doing it frequently are, are really keys to making those scarce, expensive leads pay off for you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, like I said, it's almost we talked about the websites are a problem in the industry, just people not having them and, and just a little bit behind there. But then the sales is a whole nother part where it's, you know, and again, I think it's across the trades. I don't think it's just the countertop industry and probably just even across a lot of businesses. But um, yeah, like those follow up stats, I mean, 80 percent. What's it? What was it? Eighty percent. If on the second time, um, you have eighty percent less of a chance, or something like that. Like, I mean, that's yeah, if you get a lead coming in, your odds of making contact with whoever sent that lead to you—you you know, they fill out a form on your website, they yeah. answer uh, an ad on Facebook, something like that, or they send you an email. Um, if you wait after five minutes to follow up, your odds of, of connecting with them drop eighty percent. Yeah, that's what. It is. Yeah, that that's. Yeah, it's insane. So, I mean, again, using a system, um, AI will change this a little bit. So our software, Stone Engage, the backbone is high level, which is like this monstrous company, like a Salesforce size company. And they're constantly developing into it. And there's already AI built into it. We're going to start actually testing it with a couple of clients. So, and some of it's super impressive. So again, as we... As 2024, you know, as we we go on into the year, we're going to see more of that. And I think it will be a, a big help, at least, at least with like the texting, Facebook messaging, things like that, emailing. Uh, you know, the calling is a little tricky. I do think they'll be like calling AI at some point. Um, I think it actually exists now, but I don't, I don't know enough about it. But that stuff alone will definitely help. But again, the shops that use it and the shops that don't, It'll be interesting to see, you know, this stuff isn't, it's not brain surgery, but it's also, you know, you need some knowledge to set this up. So I think at the very least, get a CRM system, but then use it because <laughs> you can get the system, but if you don't use it, like a stat that we have, we, we saw a problem with getting leads for clients and they use our CRM. We audit the CRM each week. And we saw, what was it? I think it was 25, well, 75% of our clients at this time, at the time that we did this first audit, were not using the CRM. So that's a good chunk of clients getting leads, but not even like moving them around. So then we started bringing that to their attention and then a lot of them started to use it. So that was the good. But if you just think of that stat with your competitors, like if you're in wherever, I don't know, Austin, Texas or Miami, and there's a ton of fabricators 
you can expect probably about 75% of those somewhere around there are probably not even following up with a lead. So if you could do that better than them, you're, you're in a good place and you could definitely, then it doesn't really matter how many competitors are around you. So again, I think the differentiator, like what we were talking about before, um, might not even have to be like, like having something that you could show someone how you're different from the, the next person is good, but something as simple that's internal as following up. Like I said, if, if some of the contractors that we called followed up, I would be very happy <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of them don't follow up and I, I still can't get over it. Like we asked for a quote and they never sent us a quote. So it's like, I mean, from a homeowner, like, what are we supposed to do next? Obviously, we're not going to use them because if they can't even send a quote and follow up now, I'm a little bit, I'm in marketing, I, you know, uh, we don't help with sales, but we see that part of the business. So again, my mind might be a little bit different, um, but if someone can't simply call you back and send you a quote when you ask for one, it's like, there's two strikes right there, you know? I, mean, yeah, I, I think you're spot on. I, and I think too, you know, part of what I try to think through is, all right, put myself in the customer's place, the homeowner who's got a project going on. Let's say they're doing a remodel and maybe they're being their own contractor. So they're trying to find a plumber. They're trying to find an electrician. You know, they're, they're, they're having the same struggles that you talk about you had in, in your house trying to get remodeling work done. They're frustrated. They got a day job. You know? And yeah. so it's not like this is all they've got to do with their time. So they're, they're frustrated. Um, schedule is slipping. Costs are going up. It's a, it's a, it's a challenging environment. Um, and at the end of the day, they're worried if they don't pick the right countertop shop, the right plumber, the right electrician, that yeah. when they're done with this thing, you know, six months or a year from now, are they still going to be happy with the results? And so any type of execution, any type of response and follow-up and, and timely follow-up, timely response that makes you look good as a countertop fabricator, now it's kind of like, ah, oh, I found somebody good. They know their yeah. business. Yep. They're paying attention. They want to help me get this project done. And it's the only sub that I've talked to out of the dozens that I've had to have for this project. Finally, something's going right. And of course, we're always at the tail end of the project, right? Yeah. They're at their max with the budgets blown to heck. The schedule is shot. Their patience is worn thin. They're worn out. And finally, somebody says, yeah, we're going to do a good job for you. They go, oh, thank God there's one in this world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's so true. It, it's Which is so crazy when you think about it. Like in my own business, we get a lead. I don't think I've ever missed a sales call. We follow up. And I know there is a line. Like we were talking to a shop owner. We're like, well, you know, we don't want to hammer them with calls because I wouldn't want that. But someone could politely say, hey, I'm not interested anymore. And if that's it, then that's it. That's done, you know. Um, I wouldn't call them 10 times a day. You could spread it out, but yeah, like, I don't know, just, it does blow my mind. The the other part that's interesting with, with online marketing is, or just marketing in general is figuring out what is your best type of lead. So last summer, we started digging into this more summer of 2023 and we were asking, and again, it's right kind of when it, it slowed down. Um, we were asking clients like, hey, what what's the best type of lead? If someone picks up the phone and call or if someone submits a form on your website, a Facebook message, a walk-in. And probably every client, I don't have the exact number, but most clients, if not everyone said, 
walk-in traffic is 100% the best. Some of them can close 60, 70, 80, 90% if someone walks in the door. And I was like, like, I did not know these numbers and that I was very surprised. And I, I was thinking, well, all right, you want the online leads. I get that. That will, you'll get some of those, but let's get people to walk in that door because if you could close 80% of them, I mean, that's like basically everyone that walks through the door, you're, you're that's a signed deal. So, um, Again, I think figuring out what you're best at, and it seems that most shops are best when it's face-to-face, -face, someone walks in, that's it. They, they they can close them. I mean, it's also someone's a little bit more serious if they are walking in, right? You know, they're 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 further down that funnel. But we um we had a shop recently that told us, and they kind of go hand in hand. So doing some of the online marketing we'll get more of that walk-in traffic. So we had a shop that said that we run Facebook ads for them. And they said they had 11 people walk in on Saturday. This was this past Saturday. And nine of them mentioned the Facebook ads. So that is fantastic. And they closed all of those nine. So even if the average price is like three grand, 3,500, some less, some more, um, that's like 30 grand in revenue in one day from a Facebook ad that they didn't interact with the Facebook ad, they just saw it and then they came down. So it's just a, again, I think figuring out, hey, if you are great at walking with walking traffic, like most shops are, what can you do to get more of that? Like, you know, look at your strengths. Maybe we do have a shop that they're good with walking traffic as well, but if someone books an appointment with them on the calendar that they have, they can close them very high. So, all right, let's 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 generate more of that. Um, if you're great on the phone, we do have a client that he's he kills it on the phone. Let's get more phone calls. But like I said, most shops are the face-to-face, -face, someone walks in, that's it. You know, they're selling a job. Well, you, you answered a question I was going to ask, and that was, you know, is there a relationship between Facebook ads and, and walk-in traffic? And you just confirmed that. And, and one of the reasons I asked was, I had a client last year that was struggling and I, and I went to visit them. And one of my, my normal things I do is uh, when I show up in that area, one of the, before I go eat supper that night, I, I always go see if I can find the shop. I want to see it. I want to lay eyes on it. Yeah. And I had their address in Google maps. I passed the place three times before I found it Yeah. because the, the way the things were set up in that area, they had to be like two or 300 feet off the road uh, their building looked like the other four or five buildings right beside them. The signage was limited by, you know, local regulations. Yeah. And it was just hard to find the doggone place. Yeah. And so as I was working with the shop, you know, over a period of several months, you know, they were still struggling with a few things because they made some tough decisions early on and they were trying to cut some cost and they were going to cut out their Facebook ads. I said, wait a minute, how many people have you had walk in here this week? And he told me it was, it was a substantial number. I said, you've already told me how hard it is to find this place. You've already told me how many limitations you've got on street side visibility, things that you can't do that you know you need to do. How do you think people are finding your shop? No. So if you cut off, you cut off your Facebook ads, your social media ads, how are they going to know you're here? Yeah. And unfortunately he did. And he saw a downturn and he's, he's now, I think picked back up doing it maybe a different way, but you know, it's, you got to keep all that in mind, I think, as you look at your marketing strategy. Yeah. You talk about, you know, what are you good at? Are you best on the phone, best with face-to-face, -face, whatever? I, I talked to a shop 
um, last year that has um, basically downsized the showroom. You got a, a minuscule showroom, no full slabs. Yep. He's training his salespeople to do everything in home. That's what they're good at. They've put together a system and a process. So they go in and they do only in-home sales. Yeah. It's rare for somebody to walk into their place of business. And so they're they're set up to, to maximize that. They know what they're good at. That's how they want to run their business. And it works really well for them. Yeah. So uh, I, it's, a, it's a new model. And I've heard of some other shops now starting to kind of look at that model. So um, I think there's some definitely knowing what you're good at, having an intentional strategy and doing the things that, that we're talking about. I think when I think about this whole process, there's really two stages. One is get the lead and follow up on the lead. And that's, you know, you could, I, I think you actually could set up an entire pipeline, a series of process steps for just the lead follow up. Yep. But then once you've made contact with the lead and you generated a quote, then there's almost another pipeline for follow up on that quote. And, and you talked about kind of that concern of, of kind of irritating people maybe with following up too much. The, the research I did said that, um, that you have to follow up more than five times to close most leads. Um, that, that most salespeople give up after one follow up. Only 8% of salespeople follow up more than five times, but only 2% of sales are made in first contact. I think your, yeah. your example, I think is probably the exception, but you know, if you think about somebody walking into your showroom, they've done the legwork to research you and figure out where you are and decide they want to come see you. So that's that put gives you a leg up. But for those that haven't gotten to that point, or maybe you, you did that, you generated a quote and you hadn't closed the quote yet, then how many times do you follow up? Well, I think that's where your CRM can be a big help because it can automate the text. It can automate the emails. It can put up an automatic reminder to the salesperson, hey, today's your day. You've got three three people that you quoted in the last week. You need to follow up. And so with the CRM, you can set the timing for those. You can set the content of those emails and texts. I'm wondering from what you're seeing, Stephen, does it make sense for a shop owner to think about maybe standardizing some of that content so that that follow-up is done the way you want it done so that the 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 impression that the salesperson gives that prospect is that is it worth maybe taking some time to standardize that a little bit yeah i mean it it should it should all look natural and organic so like the way that we set up the emails that go out with the crm in the pipeline so a lead comes in automated email goes out automated text message we don't put any graphics in the email to make it look like we're not trying to trick anyone, but you do want it to look natural, right? You want it to look like someone actually typed this in the text. It's more conversational than like that generic, like corporate business type copy, right? For the text messages. So I think like definitely like there should be a set amount of emails that go out, text messages, all of that um, standardize that. Think of, but it could be simple. Like this, this could all be very simple. You don't have to like have a super long email. The what we find, and this is just a little tip, um, which a lot of shops probably know this already. But when you when a lead comes in, if you get dimensions, a sketch, some pictures, you're more likely to send a quote out and get that job because you have those details. If you don't have that, then it makes it a little bit 
harder. So with some of those, so by knowing that with some of your follow-ups, push for the dimensions. Like, you know, hey, can, can you send me over dimensions? Send us over a picture. Plus what that does is once you start going back and forth with a prospect that opens up the communication, they text you some pictures. So now you have like a little text going on, you know, again, it makes it that much easier. Oh yeah, why don't you come down? I'll show you some samples. Or like you said, we'll come by, we'll do an in-home. I, I think that's an interesting, how you said the in-home works well for a shop because again, it's that face-to-face. -face. I don't think, I don't know, maybe in 10, 20 years, who the heck knows, but I think for a long time, you got to, how can you do that at scale if, if you want to really grow? Because uh, I know it's not easy to go out to everyone and do measurements, but how can you get more of the face to face? Because that's what closes projects. I mean, myself, I'm probably not going to buy a countertop virtually or anything like that. I want to go down and see it or I want someone here to bring me samples. It's just what yeah. it is. Like, I want to see that. I'm not going to just make a decision online. It's it's probably never going to happen for a lot of people. So um, again, with your follow-ups, thinking of all the objectives. Oh, um, I don't know how to measure. Oh, we can help. You know, that could be one of your follow-ups. If you're unsure about measurements and how to do it, don't worry. We can come out. It's free for measure for in-home measurements if you offer that. Um, you know, another objective. There's so many choices. What do we do? You know, you might, and again, one of your follow-ups could be. Don't worry about if you if you're overwhelmed with all the different choices. We'll help you pick the best one. So, like, answering their objectives in the follow-up messages is just a very good idea because <laughs> you're you're basically getting in their minds and maybe even answering their questions before they have it. And what all this does is just build trust. And it's and once you have that trust, it's. Not that it's easy, but it makes it easier to close a sale. Like even with my own business, what we're doing now, we're doing a podcast, just putting out good information, uh, but hopefully people consume it, learn something. But now they trust us a little bit more because we know what we're talking about. So when we do talk to you know, shops, it makes it a little bit easier. So, I mean, this just can be done with any business. You just have to think about it differently for a shop. But I think digging into those objectives in the follow-up messages is just you know a great idea and it works well well it's it's designed it's being intentional about your strategy and then it's designing your process um in, in the article i wrote um I, I talked about those 100 leads turning into to two sole jobs and let's say your average job size was ten thousand dollars that's twenty thousand dollars in revenue but if you do the the timely follow-up the frequency of follow-up the structured follow-up and all the other stuff we've talked about then I I walk through the and I won't do this. It's it's hard enough to do in an article that you can sit down and read. It's almost impossible in a podcast or a video. But I basically walk through the logic and the calculations how that those hundred leads instead of generating twenty thousand revenue from two jobs could actually go and generate well over a hundred thousand in revenue from those same leads. Yeah, just by using the tools we're talking about and designing your process and designing your systems and being very intentional. And then as a shop owner or as a, a sales manager, managing that process, you talk about, you know, do it, looking over your, your, your cut, your customer's shoulders a little bit and seeing if they're using the CRM tools or not, then you gotta, you know, that's, that's part of what the shop owners got to do. You're spending this money, you're taking this time, 
you got to manage the process. And by the way, you, you, you talked about being able to scale the in-home visits. This company that I went and, and, and visited uh, doing only in-home sales, they were a $20 million company. Mm, wow. It's not a, not a small shop. Okay. Yeah. They, were, they yeah. were blowing some product out the door and yeah. doing a really good job of it. They're very profitable. And I'm not saying that's the way to go. I'm just saying that's just nothing to think about. To me, the, the takeaway here is to really think about, you know, if you're struggling with sales right now, there's, there's some really good solutions out there, some really good options, not horribly expensive. Yeah. If you're not familiar with setting a CRM up, doing it by yourself can be a bit daunting, you know, call somebody like Steven and, and, or find somebody to help you out with it. Uh, those those types of things are, are are available. They're not terribly expensive and they can be very, very effective if they're deployed properly. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. It's, it's. I think pipe drive is like, I don't know, 50 bucks, maybe a hundred bucks a month. I think they even have a cheaper uh, plan. HubSpot, I think has a free version, but there's... Again, they have different pricing models. Ours isn't super expensive. So you can find something. And again, there's dozens and dozens of other CRMs. But at the end of the day, like I said, we had 75% of shops not using the CRM. So that's that's a, a, a good chunk of getting the tool and then not using it. So yeah. you have, and again, that may be a structure in the business. Well, you know, I, I won't talk on that because I don't really know en enough about it, but Maybe a manager needs to oversee someone or, or whatever it is. Someone needs to own the CRM and, and either manage someone in, in it or um, do it themselves. But again, you could set up all these tools and if you don't use them, they're basically, it's just a waste of money. So Stephen, we've got just a couple of minutes left here before we've got to wrap this up. Um, any any parting thoughts, any, uh, any pro tips, anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think we hit on a bunch of good points today. I hope someone listening to this gets, you know, something out of it, which I'm sure they will. Um, I think as we go more into this year, I just think, you know, you got to get a plan together. It doesn't have to be, you don't need to spend 10 grand on a website. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars a month on a CRM or, you know, even close to that. So I think putting a very simple plan together, together, um, simple, because if it's too much, most likely, not saying that you're not going to follow it, but there's less like of a chance to to follow a, a complex plan, simple plan, and then just start implementing, you know, get some Google reviews, get, get, a, get a decent website, get a CRM. Honestly, if you just do a couple of those things, get a little bit more on social media, put some project pictures out. I mean, we could go down the list forever, but, you know, a handful of those things, you do it consistently, you will see results. If you Talk about it. Don't do it. You're not going to see anything. So I think, again, just being consistent, getting a few things in place, do it for six months. You will see big improve a big improvement in your shop and I'll make life easier and I'll make you more money. So it's not. So, Stephen, if somebody needs help kind of pulling this stuff together, because I know this is this is not what folks who make countertops, you know, shop owners typically know a lot about unless they spend a lot of time researching it. They may need some help. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. You can just go to my website, countertopmarketingco.com. You could Google us. You'll see us. We have some Google reviews. Go to our Facebook page, Instagram page, all that good stuff. But yeah, reach out. Um, we have our pricing right on our website, so you could check that out. But book a call. I'm very open and honest, and we'll give you some good advice, whether it's working with us or pointing you in another direction. But again, there's there's you got to be careful out there. There's a lot of marketing companies and, and companies that 
will take advantage of you. So again, I'm I'm always here to be a resource, give some good quality advice. And if we can help you, great. But if not, you'll at least, you know, leave the call with some good information. So well, super. Well, Stephen, thanks for your time today. I, I hope I think we've we've put some good information out there for folks to chew on. Um, so I, I really appreciate you being willing to share that with us. Thanks for your time, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, I look forward to talking to you next time on our next episode. And until then, happy fabricating.